Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And welcome to the Dream Factory, the world's greatest user-generated movie creation podcast. The rules here at the Dream Factory are very simple. We can discuss as many of your film ideas as we like, but only one can be taken through to the next stage, where the printed, bound and laminated manuscripts will be used as flood prevention sandbags up and down the United Kingdom. I'm Joel, a man who puts the wind into Storm Isha, and across from me, it's John Harris, a man who is so afraid of wind and hail and storms that he hasn't felt more than a breeze since 2007 owing to a complicated system of wind chimes that he's installed outside of his house hello john it's foolproof it's worked and i'm very happy with my life do you hear i haven't heard a wind chime in a long time and i feel like i used to hear wind chimes all the time they're inherently creepy i can actually see some wooden wind chimes out of the window as we speak Um, they are inherently quite creepy aren't they on the, on the subject of feeling and hearing wind, my son last night in bed said, what's that noise when it was being really windy? And I said, oh, it's the wind. And then he concluded he needed to put his hat on and I had to explain he's fine. And so he, it's not going to get him inside. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> I, it, was, it was pretty windy last night. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't wrong. No, he, was, he wasn't wrong. Um, but a hat in the wind, it's just going to blow off anyway. He needs to teach him these things. <laughs> Unless, has he got a little tie around his chin? He hasn't got a little tie around his chin. Oh, stop it. That's so sweet. He has got a little tie around his chin, hasn't he? <laughs> if, if, if that makes you endear yourself to him more, then yes, that is what's it happened does. here, Joe. That, oh, that's so sweet. A little hat with a tie around it, wearing it in bed because <laughs> you won't put the heating on. Um, right. Let's do some, <laughs> let's do some film ideas. Here's one from Mike, the Teresa Matrix. <laughs> Right. But the thing is, like, Theresa May, like all Tories, has been blue pilled, right? So she's so- a, a binary choice. In this, in this instance, when they hold the three pills out, is there a red pill, a blue pill, and then a slightly smaller yellow pill that you can take? <laughs> there's been a bit of, I don't know how political we want to get on this, but there's been a bit of a repu- like a period of reputation washing of like Tory leaders as the next one, like each generation. It's like Doctor Who's, right? <laughs> in a way, they regenerate. We don't really have any say over it. Or like James Bond. So who's like all the, the tabloids were like, who's going to be the next, you know, James Bond? Who's going to be the next Tory leader? We don't get. And weirdly, Barbara Broccoli decides all of them. <laughs> but with each Tory leader that's made things that has like been by like leagues, 
less professional, more disastrous. It's like people have got like rose tinted glasses for Theresa May now. It's so mad, like how short people's memories are. People are now like, God, well, she at least she was a serious politician. Yeah, she was serious about being fucking horrible. Like, she was, you know. A lot of shit happened on her watch. It's just fascinating to me. Anyway, the thing about Theresa May is, uh, yeah, we won't get too political, but people think David Cameron's like this elder statesman of British politics now. The guy's a fucking idiot. It's tough because Theresa May does seem to hate the Tories as much as the general public. That's that's why it's difficult. No, no, but no, but this is this is maybe where the the Matrix comes in because the Tories she hates aren't the real Tories in her mind. I love the idea of. no, I don't. I was going to say I love the idea of Boris in a little black leather coat with the glasses. And I was like, I don't love it. It's a funny image is what I'm saying. And also, Mr. Smith needs to be like this pretty, boring, no-mark, asinine kind of nemesis, right? Like, it could be anyone. <laughs> like, you don't really know anything about Mr. Smith. No you personality. To, you don't need to no finish charisma. this punchline, We've got it. <laughs> We've all, we're, all, we're all here. It's Keir Starmer. It's Keir Starmer. Uh, it, that's the that's the great gag that we're all leading towards. Hey, this Ma- is Miss Keir Starmer. The Matrix came out last time. Labour are in power, so pff, really it makes did, you think. You're right. I'm really I'm really thinking about that. 1999, it came out. I think. Do you think Theresa Good May stuff. can uh, sort of do that like crab move where you go on your back and dodge bullets? Well, she the way she dances is like no humans ever moved before. So I'm pretty sure she's capable of doing those things. If you know when she came out and she did the famous dance, however many years ago it was, and everyone ridiculed her, if she had gone fully onto her back into a crab position, I think we would have we would have all banded behind her. If Tree <laughs> if Theresa May had come out and done the worm, I'd take back everything I just said. Right, what and a- I'd be straight down the ballot box. No, we haven't finished yet. <laughs> Do you think PMQs would be more interesting if they had bullet time cameras? <laughs> I thought you were going to say if in the how if they had bullets. <laughs> no, if it was like if it was staged like a breakdance battle. That is good. That's really good. Like they roll out a mat. <laughs> yeah. Order. No, if if in the Houses of Parliament they installed like forty thousand cameras and shot everything in bullet time, I think that would it would get people watching. Wouldn't it? It'd be like Zack Snyder's PMQs. PMQs need to evolve with the time. It needs Snapchat filters. It needs bullet time cameras. You know, it needs uh, some sort of live streaming reactor. It needs, alongside it, it needs someone solving a Rubik's Cube or doing some sort of DIY. It needs like, or someone playing Street Surfer or some sort of game like that. It needs, it needs that alongside the video in order to keep people's thick minds occupied. Yeah, I, I, I think we need to reinvent PMQs. It has like a robotic voice that says five things that were said at PMQs today. The fourth yes, one will perfect. blow your mind. Perfect. There we go. We did it. We've solved politics. Uh, what about this one from Ula? Napoleon Dynamite, but it's the new Napoleon with Joaquin Phoenix. Okay, really good. Is this like a Napoleon is is a historical figure that is, this is a classic trope in movies. He's a historical fig- figure that's been thawed out because he froze somewhere. Ah, uh, yes. And now he's got to go to high school. Perfect. But I mean, he's probably a teacher. Does he then become a French teacher at American high school? He could. And he tries to take over the school. I think it's, I think it's more funny if he's a student than a teacher. Yes. He has to learn about modern culture. And the best way to do that is to chuck him straight into a high school. Chuck him into American high school. Perfect. And, um, I mean, he'd be a bit like you in that 
doing French as a subject is essentially a form of cheating because you know it. It's not really fair, is it? All I all I have to say is I've I've got the tagline. Uh, it's time to Bonaparte. Oh yes, <laughs> that's really good. So this is more. You're thinking more sort of frat. I'm thinking level. frat vibes. I, I yeah. know that I know that Napoleon Dynamite is more high school than it is sort of uh, college frat partying. But you know we can have we can sort of play with the form a bit here. We can play with the form exactly. It's the sequel to Napoleon Dynamite. It's um, Napoleon the college years. I'm into it. And I think, uh, you know, this, the, the, the sort of three-minute sequence where he dances to Jamiroquai, I think Joaquin would really sort of put us back into that. Well, isn't the next Joker film a musical? Very so true. So let's not, ru- let's not rule out a Jamiroquai dance sequence coming out this year starring Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> Se- seven Days in Sunny June might be the centrepiece of the next Joker film. We don't know. Look, no, it's not an outrageous suggestion, John. 1998, Godzilla was soundtracked by Deeper Underground by Jamiroquai. Banger. Big action blockbuster. Jamiroquai, uh, I remember remember the video being excellent. He's dancing in a cinema as the water's rising. Yeah. And he's like dancing from seat to seat, from row to row, um, eating popcorn off the floor. So it's not, it is not an outrageous suggestion to suggest that 25 years later, this summer's action blockbuster, Joker 2, is soundtracked by another Jamiroquai song. Does Jamir- is Harley Quinn is Cosmic Girl. <laughs> Very good. The space... Clown boy, um, <laughs> come on! It's okay. It's That's okay. Good. That's it's good. Okay. No, it's better than okay. It's better than okay. <laughs> Thank you. John. It's really good. Does Jamiroquai release new stuff, or is it just sort of like he, he just plays festivals and you just hear the classics? Yeah, I think I think Jamiroquai just play festivals. I think how often is he buying a new hat? That's true. Has he got his hats now, or is he constantly? Do you think he's getting sent hats? Like, is he trying out different hats? Is he still wearing the hats? I don't know. But that's JK. Jamiroquai are the band, right? I know. I was about to say that, yeah. They're going to be so... The rest, the guys in the rest of the band, if they're listening, are going to be so sick of hearing that. But I think Jamiroquai still play the festivals. I think they might have done... There's big money in the old reunion tours, and I think they recently did like a 20-year reunion tour. If I went onto the Wikipedia article for Jamiroquai, do we mm-hmm. think it's the same lineup from Day Dot, or do we think that JK is yeah, the Yeah, I reckon they stick together. Remains. They're brothers in funk. They're brothers in funk. Jamiro. I, do you know what? I've I probably Googled Jamiro quite a hundred thousand times in my life. Have I ever spelled it right first time? Man, it's the same members. Oh, that, I'm really there is no, There that. is not a... Oh, no. Oh, wait. Oh, no. No, I, I tell a lie. There's been so many members that it's got its own Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't immediately see the former members bit on their Wikipedia because it's normally quite obvious but there is a past members bit and it, it leaks to its own quite substantial <laughs> list of, uh, of former members so no you were, you're absolutely right they're not, they're not brothers in funk they're absolute <laughs> mercenaries for a groove what about this one from Sai my sister's keeper a tale of sisterly love as a woman tries her utmost to match make her sister with her dream man David Seaman that's good uh, you know sometimes with these you know, sort of know where they're going straight away you hear my <laughs> sister's keeper and you instantly assume so you're trying to set how would you John you've got a single sister and you've got win that David Seaman's on the market how mm. how would you go about arranging a meet cute between your imaginary sister and David Seaman I'm not sure but at some point you have to say that she's a bit of a catch right very good I was thinking if it was you know in a, in in those sort of American high school romance films quite often someone will drop their books mm. and, and it doesn't touch the ground Seaman's got <laughs> Seaman's got shovels for hands right i think he would dive and catch those books before they touch the ground and that would obviously be immensely impressive and uh you'd be a fool not to fall in love with seaman straight away and 
and when it's when it's made TikTok official, this relationship, all of the comments will be like relationship goals. Yeah, that's good <laughs> stuff, man. Thank that's you. Good stuff. Uh, how about this one from Lem? Adrians versus Cowboys. An army of robot Adrian Charles are sent back to 1865 to fight in the Wild West. I feel like you've got thoughts about this, Joe. Well, yeah, obviously I um, adore Adrian Charles and all of his output, and he is Britain's last great columnist, you know, fighting the good fight for truth and justice. <laughs> and I think this sort of sounds like, I reckon there's probably an Adrian Charles article about wishing he was a robot or pondering what it would be like to own a robot that's maybe sentient i reckon if you google adrian charles robot it's not going to be an empty an empty page you're looking at on google so no charles nominates himself to go back to 1865 maybe he gets wind oh here we go here's what it is charles cooking now adrian charles does who do you think you are yeah and they trace back his lineage to an evil cowboy in the Wild West in 1865. <laughs> and that's Charles' origin story. This cowboy perpetuates some horrific crimes. And Charles thinks the only way to write this is if I travel through time. By the way, time travel is invented in this of course. Uh, world uh, as our robots. Agent Charles says, I will send, I will lead a robot army back to 1865 to kill my great, great, great grandfather, no matter what the repercussions are on me. Because he'll probably also cease to exist the second he kills his great, great, great grandfather. That is so brave of him. He's a brave boy. So just for context for any international listeners, I've found some, no. I've, I found some, uh, classic Adrian Charles headlines just to sort of give you a taste of the journalistic integrity that we're dealing with here. All you can eat. I take those words as a promise and a challenge. What is an app? I honestly have no idea. I took drugs recently and the colours dance on the inside of my eyelids. You're never too old to climb a tree and I should know. If you Google Adrian Charles Robot from the 5th of June 2019, the article, (laughs) the local Sainsbury's is run by robots. Please, God, can someone with a pulse help me? (laughs) That'll be an article about self-service checkouts. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course it will, John. <laughs> what, what, what else could it possibly be about? Imagine if it was not a fucking <laughs> Cyberman walking around the store. Imagine if that was his conspiracy theories that he genuinely thought the local Sainsbury's was run by robots. Run by robots. He thinks Jamie Oliver's a robot. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Would you like another one from me, Joe? I would actually, yeah. This one's from Joe. Fantastic priests and where to find them. Okay. Are it's- you... How okay are you with the Fantastic Beasts movie franchise, which in my to my mind is the uh, are the great are they sort of the high point in the Harry Potter cinematic universe? Absolutely, that's why they're not oh, making it. I really love that third one. They yeah. made a third one, didn't they? Yeah, they did make a third one. Unfortunately, um, absolutely remarkable. Now we're all skirting around Fantastic Priests and where to find them, and I think that's the right thing to do. So let's talk about the fact they're making a Harry Potter TV series. <laughs> There's been quite a lot of discourse about this online recently. Have you seen this? There's been like a reappraisal of the movies. I, I can't imagine. That going on, on your Twitter. There's discourse around something that J.K. Rowling wrote. I know, I know, I know, and it's not the usual discourse. <laughs> Thank goodness. Thank goodness. No, what? It, and it, I would say actually, it actually involves J.K. It, it's doesn't really involve J.K. Rowling in any in any real way, other than she wrote the, wrote books. the books, but. The, it, there's been like a reappraisal of the films online happening saying they're really actually really fucking great i don't know this is my opinion but there's people who have been sharing scenes and shots and i think what is a fair argument i don't really know what i'm saying here right there's going to be a harry potter tv series right that's happening warner brothers have said we've sat on this franchise for too long we haven't made 10 billion pounds this year from harry potter merchandise so we need to release new things so let's do a tv series and it feels perfect fodder for a tv series it's seven years at school it's seven series etc 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 that all seems i understand functionally why it would happen but the films are very present in people's minds and were very recent and a lot of people really love them and a lot of people have a lot more affection for the films than they do for the books and i think a big problem that a lot of people have pointed out is that those films have basically every good british actor that's ever existed in them True. Like the yeah. casts, the casts for the Harry Potter films are absolutely astonishing. Like there isn't a brilliant British actor that isn't in them. So what are you supposed to do? How are you supposed to cast the HBO series? Like there's literally no one left. Like everyone is in those films. You, Alan Rickman is intrinsically linked with Professor Snape. Like I don't believe there's a single person now who would read a Harry Potter book and not imagine Alan Rickman as Professor Snape. A, how do you cast that? And B, you don't want to be the guy who's playing Professor Snape. And also, it's not like it's set in a different timeline or a different, you know, it's a different story. You're just playing the same character. So you are being compared to like generationally gifted actors. It's just, it seems like a complete, it seems like a completely terrible idea that is obviously solely motivated. There's no artistic reason to do this. It's like solely motivated by money. The discourse that now exists around JK Rowling makes it like quite an uncomfortable thing to be making anyway, in my opinion. And like, it just seems a fool's errand to me. I don't think, I imagine they'd probably be quite successful in terms of pure, like hard viewing figures, but they can't, there's no way they can be good. Uh, Yeah. And like you saying, you know, about the amazing casting, there's Alan Rickman, obviously, but like, the other person who springs to mind for me is Robbie Coltrane as Hagrid. And he, yep. like, there's that 20th anniversary show they did the like last year or the year before. And it's really mm-hmm, beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's Robbie Coltrane talking about it. And he's like, I'm not going to be here for very long, but those will be. And I just feel yeah. like you'd have turned around to him and go, no, actually, they'll just keep remaking them every 15 years and forever. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. No, your, your, your legacy as Hagrid is over, which is, just, I, I yeah. don't, it's hard. It's really sad. And, um, 
And loads, all the all the Harry Potter fans are like, why don't you just make like a prequel about when Harry's parents were at Hogwarts or yeah, just any any other time? It's just the Harry Potter. Yeah, I don't know. Also, going back way back to Fantastic Priest and where to find them. Look, maybe it's just look, we are we are avoiding any sort of uh, toxicity in either of these conversations, which is is a bit of a balancing act considering everything <laughs> that is around both of these subjects. But yeah, it's just TripAdvisor. It's just TripAdvisor for lovely churches oh that's nice that's good hey john would you like a film idea from me yes please revolver it's a guy ritchie film where the beatles stage a heist oh lovely guy ritchie made the universally panned film revolver the beatles made an album called revolver you can see my thinking i've i've i see your thing i picked up what you're putting down excellent soundtrack the beatles doing do you think i wonder sorry john i I feel like i've been interrupted you've interrupted me in the middle of the word cockney there which is Uh, yeah did i hmm interesting Uh, that seems like a likely story do you think there's a is there anything in culture with a greater disparity between its merit like the word revolver there is a brilliant album by the name revolver and a shit film by the name revolver is there anything else that shares a name and has that much of a a gap between it in terms of how beloved and how derided it is oh that's a tough one there's there must be there must be more examples but that's not something i can just pluck out of thin air let us know let us know yeah, on listeners. social media. Search Dream Factory and let us know. Please tell us dreamfactorypod at gmail.com. We'd love to know. I don't. I'm. I think it's going to be tough to find. There might be like. I bet there's like a new metal album that's called Alien or something that's just absolutely yeah. abysmal. That's going to exist, isn't it? Big but anyway, that's it. It's the Fab Four. They're gonna. I don't know what they're what the heist is, but they're gonna um they're gonna pose as as gangsters. Lovely stuff. Yeah, I mean Guy Ritchie's filmography is one of the sort of most varying in quality in modern days. Yeah, and it went a bit... Well, I say it went a bit weird for a while. He just made Aladdin mad, wasn't it? <laughs> in my... I'm, and I know this isn't true. In my mind, Guy Ritchie's filmography is like... And I know this is, I literally know this isn't true. It's like Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, Snatch, Aladdin. Aladdin <laughs> and then he went back to making The Gentleman. <laughs> and obviously that's not true. And I know that... But even to go from... Like Lockstock and Snatch and stuff to then making made Sherlock a- Holmes. Oh, Sherlock, of course. Because I was thinking yeah. he also made um, a big budget King Arthur film, right? He did make a big budget King Arthur film. So so you've got those. And now he seems like he's sort of back in his maybe potentially more com- comfort zone. I've actually mm. heard quite good things about his last few films from various people. So big up. And his Richie. next film is the Ministry, the Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare. He can't keep it's so confusing. It's so confusing, John. Yeah. Oh, wait, you stay Is in the lane, guy. No, we can't have The Gentleman and then a film called Operation Fortune, Rue de Rudegar, which felt like it was the same thing. The Man from Uncle, which I think is the same thing. And then The Ministry of Ungentlemanly Wealth. What are these things? It's, guy Ritchie's not involved anything, in Man from Uncle, is he? Well... I mean, unless you think directing, writing, and producing it isn't being very involved. I liked Man like from Uncle. Pretty involved to me. You're a big Guy Ritchie fan. <laughs> I'm a big guy. I guy. actually think. I actually think. Please don't stay so tightly in your lane <laughs> when it comes to Guy Ritchie. Make a make a lad in. What's the sequel? Jafar. Something to do with Jafar. Anyway, John, give me your idea. Fool me once. Michelle Keegan is turned into a delicious dessert sauce. <laughs> Oh, I haven't had a. I used to really love a gooseberry fall. It's kind of like a moose. Yeah, I, I, I genuinely wasn't exactly sure what a fool is. I had to Google it. I don't know if it is a source. I think oh, it's, it's its own sauce. standalone 
dessert. It's like a mousse. I used to really be quite into the gooseberry fall scene. God, I haven't had a gooseberry fall. <laughs> I haven't even had a gooseberry in a long time. I think if you told an American, like we have a pudding gooseberry fall, they think, Goose- Goose- they think gooseberry fall would, was like a prime minister in the early <laughs> 20th century. It sounds so made up. It does. A gooseberry fall. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> well, there you go. On that lovely note, we can... Do you think I could... I, do you think I could go to a supermarket and buy a gooseberry fall? I, I think you'd be laughed out, mate. Oh. You've got to make that yourself. Can you even... You can't even buy them. Can you buy gooseberries anymore? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I, you, you've oh, said that man. word so many times, I'm not even sure it's a real <laughs> it's thing. It's good, isn't it? Well, my nan used to have a gooseberry bush. Uh, so I, don't, I didn't really ever... I never really... My access to gooseberries was seasonal but consistent. I don't, I've ever bought a gooseberry in a supermarket. Has anyone ever bought... What's the demand for gooseberries? The hairy there, fruit? There, there is definitely like a an area in the world of fruit that feels more foragey than purchasey. Like my partner bought some blackberries the other day and I thought, you don't buy blackberries. You just accumulate blackberries. <laughs> you just see them. You just find them. Exactly. They're just... Goose, gooseberries are just sort of like publicly owned. They just exist. Um, 100%. But gooseberries... That's a rare treat. I'm on the BBC Gooseberry Fall recipe, so it's probably a good time to end the podcast. John, which was your favourite <laughs> film idea from today's film ideas? Uh, which ones were yours? Uh, oh, Age, um, Adrian's versus Cowboys, I think. It's Adrian's versus Cowboys, of course it is. We want to see Charles Watt 3000. Stick around till after the music. Well done, John. Well done, Joe. Have you consumed fun, any media? I thought it was fun. Uh, I thought well, we had some good time. I, I haven't considered too much media, but I have got a recommendation. I'm going to Boston next week uh, mm. on a little holiday. And as a result, I've been watching some Boston culture. So I'd like to recommend 2006's The Departed. Have you actually? Yeah. I watched it so I could go walk around going, wicked smart the whole time. <laughs> I'm soaking up the culture before I go. Amazing. What other Boston? Wicked what? smart. Boston. Uh, Ted? They're all pretty heavy, uh, apart from Ted. I, uh, Ted's on the list. I might not. I've never seen Ted. Um, no. Manchester by the Sea. I'm going there, but that's sad. Spotlight it's happens, Town. I think, is the Boston Globe. It's You can't move for an Affleck if you want to watch a <laughs> film set in Boston, apart from 2006's The Departed, which I, ha- I, don't, think, I don't know if I'd seen, or maybe I just haven't seen since it came out. It's, I'll tell you what, it's good. Oh, I think yeah. Martin Scorsese's got a real future ahead of him. How about oh, you, John? Right, Have you got any down. recommendations? There's a um, BBC World podcast called World of Secrets, and they released a second series called The Disciples about cult Nigerian prophet T.B. Joshua. He's called Man of God, and he apparently uh, does uh, miracles. And Joel, I'm going to spoil it here. Not all is as it seems. Ah, I can't wait. I'm into it. All right, John, uh, I'm on the Morrison's website. You can buy Gooseberry Fall, but not a Gooseberry. <laughs> um, and it's on offer. 95p for um, 114 gram full five you, five star reviews. There's not a lot of people not buying, buying Gooseberry. Come on, there we go. <laughs> Same time next week. Bye bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Send the guys a movie idea. Tell your friends that you like the show. 
follow us on social media, then you'll be the best listener.